and welcome to Ghostwriter Podcast. I'm your host, Corinne Prevost, and today, finally, I've been very extremely delayed, we'll be finishing up uh, an amazing book called Love Italian Style by Melissa Gorga, and then after we finish up this book, we'll touch a little bit on all the trailers that we have out now. We have Potomac, Beverly Hills, and of course, New York, and a little bit on what everyone is talking about, thinking about, texting their friends about, making memes about, which is Tiger King. Okay, Melissa Gorga. So according to Melissa, Melissa came on the show to demonstrate the happiness of being a stay-at-home mom and wife and inspire other women. So let's get this straight. She stopped being a stay-at-home mom to show people the joy of being a stay-at-home mom That makes tons of sense. Um, She also says that her and Joe never called a producer. The producers found them, which is not the story that uh, has come out about um, how she got on the show. Because remember, she was in contact with one Danielle Staub and getting info on Teresa and feeding, feeding Danielle Staub info on Teresa. She says, and while she's in her house, fans have pulled up to the front door while the kids were riding their bikes and called out their names, and fans have come and rung her doorbell. And if you guys remember, this happened to Caroline Manzo as well. And again, I thought they all lived in gated communities, so I'm confused if it's these are other people that live in their gated community or if no one lives in a gated community. It just seems pretty crazy that those colossal homes are not in a gated community, but who knows? One of her ex-friends sold a pic of her peeing on a toilet to the tabloids. I searched the internet high and low, and I cannot find this photo. Don't ask me why I searched the internet high and low, but I was like, oh, I've never seen that one, but couldn't find it anywhere. So either it's buried or they got it taken down. Um, Here is a fun fact about Joe and Melissa's marriage. And now I'm kind of looking at all this Uh, Melissa's marriage advice through a new lens because we're all quarantines, right? And for those of us that are married or in a relationship or whatever, quarantines with our significant other, you know, we're all trying to get by and not strangle each other. And let's see if these these hot tips and all this stuff that Melissa says actually can apply to our situations. I don't think it will, but we'll try. Okay, so the fun fact is that Joe has never seen or heard Melissa poop. I mean... If that's true, that is an accomplishment. I mean, haven't you just, what if you stay in a hotel room together? Are you running down to the lobby? Are you, I mean, it, that's, that's a lot of effort. Um, It is just no holds barred around here. Everyone's seen everything. So I I don't relate to that. Um, Oh, Chris Judd, the former Mr. JLo, remember that was like her second husband? Yeah, because her first was, first was... The, the waiter dude. Then she dated P. Diddy, but they never got married. Then she married Chris Judd, right? And then next was Mark Anthony. And then now she's going to marry um, A-Rod. Okay, so Chris Judd was on The Real Housewives of New Jersey. And he was Melissa's choreographer. And he, she said the one thing she remembers that Chris taught her was to just stand still to command attention from the audience. Okay. Joe, this is a quote from Joe. He has a lot of quotes sprinkled throughout the book. A lot of my friends go to strip clubs every night. I'm not that guy. Who needs strip clubs when my sexy wife is waiting for me at home? Okay. I'm dying laughing at this because 
<laughs> for two for someone who didn't work in a strip club or didn't strip, it's just funny how much stripping comes up with Melissa and Joe. It really is like the common thread, the common theme of the, of everything of the relationship. Um, and I definitely think Joe is the kind of guy that goes to strip clubs. Like, come on. And remember, Joe used to be a stripper. He used to work in a strip club. Okay, here are some hot tips on what not to do when you have your in-laws over. Okay, do not tell them, or things not to say to them. Do not tell them to serve themselves. Okay, I do that. Um, do not use plastic or paper plates. Okay, this is hot button issue. I am very, very against using paper plates pretty much ever, unless you're serving like 100 people. I think the food doesn't taste good. It's just really bad for the environment. It's wasteful. I'm not into it. I hate it. Um, running out of food, so you have to overorder. You never want to have too little food for your in-laws. And telling them, hey, you know, I have an early morning tomorrow, so let's pack it up and get keep it moving. Or when you're, when they leave, telling your husband, whew, glad that's over. All right, those are some some good tips, right? All right, this is their this is the schedule over at Gorga headquarters. Friday night, they take their kids to a restaurant. Yikes! I would never do that. Saturday night, th- taking three kids out to dinner on a Friday night is like that's my idea of hell. Like I I don't I don't believe in kids at restaurants at dinner time period and I have a kid I just I don't believe in it and every like four months I'll take my son out to dinner just I'll be like huh maybe he's changed maybe things will be different and then he reminds me of why I have the policy in place okay Saturday night is date night for her and Joe so they do something just the two of them together and then every Sunday he sleeps in and makes pancakes now I'm confused about the whole sleeping in and making pancakes because around here, the person that's sleeping in can't cook because everyone else is up and everyone else is a hungry wildebeest that demands to be fed immediately. All right. And then Sunday at nighttime, it's a big Italian dinner. So do her kids just not eat? Like, do they have cereal and then wait and have second breakfast? I'm curious about that. All right. Her goal is to cook three nights a week, which isn't that much. All right. She says, passion in the bedroom equals more intense fighting. She says that Joe holds grudges and stays mad at her for for about a week when he gets mad about something. And this is a quote from Melissa. This is crazy. (laughs) Like, really crazy. When women refuse to initiate sex, men cheat. I love when men's bad behavior is just blamed on women, which is amazing. Like, plenty of men don't cheat even though their wives may refuse to initiate sex. Like, come on. Um, Gia was the flower girl in their wedding. I didn't know that, but I guess it makes sense since uh, Joe is her godfather. Melissa, this is the only, like, surgery or cosmetic procedure she cops to in the whole book, but Melissa says that uh, she got her lips done once, and Joe hated it, and he said she looks like one of those Beverly Hills freaks. Yikes. I don't know if he meant Beverly Hills like the show or just Beverly Hills the place, but either way. Melissa hires all of Joe's secretaries, and she likes them to be over 60 with an eye patch, a hump, and a bald spot. And she puts photos of her and her kids everywhere so everyone that comes around knows that Joe is taken. Okay. 
And she says, men's attitudes are determined by their work and finances. If their money is off, look out. Yikes. And Joe and I got engaged the year I graduated college. Instead of being a teacher, she went and worked for him. They flipped homes, built custom homes, and bought warehouses and converted them into buildings that they now own. So fall 2008, as you guys all remember, is when the stock market crashed. Okay, so the month before fall 2008, Melissa went on a $10,000 shopping spree. That sounds amazing. And, oh, and then after, after the market crash, she gave her $100 and told her, make that last a week. Okay. So she had two kids, lived in a huge home, and drove a Range Rover at the time. Joe lost $2 million on a bad investment in 2008. After Gia was born, he had only $3,000 left in their account. He had to borrow $50,000 from a local loan shark. Um, excuse me? Like, who knows loan sharks? This is like just one more, just some more proof of my, my theory that they're all, I don't, I'm not going to say they're all mobbed up, but I believe that the Rosses of New Jersey, that everyone is kind of like mob adjacent in some way. Um, and hopefully he paid that loan shark back. Well, I guess he paid him back, right? Because he still has his kneecap. So good job paying the loan shark back. So Joe survived by selling old scrap metal from one of his warehouses. His credit cards were all maxed out and their credit cards were all maxed out and she couldn't get diapers from Costco because when Mel- and Melissa references this a lot. When Melissa went into Costco, her membership had expired and it's like a hundred bucks to renew it and they didn't have enough money to renew it and get the diapers. But Joe was able to get bank loans based on his personality, according to him. I don't know, guys. Are you guys not able to get loans? Maybe you don't have the right personality to get a loan. I'm not sure, but I find that to be really amazing because after 2008, it was very, very hard to get a loan from a bank. Um, especially if you had a failed business. Okay. So Melissa is in charge and she pays all the bills in the house. And this is some like financial advice from her. Live as well as you can. Advice from Melissa Gorga. She said, buy the best car that you can afford. I wholeheartedly disagree with this. This is a depreciating asset. Don't get a super expensive car. That's, that's not a good idea. Buy a house near the best schools. Yes. And you'll look rich if you always buy the classics. And I think in terms of, you know, fashion pieces. Okay. Does Joe help with housework is the question on everyone's minds, right? Not on your life, she says. If there is spilled milk, Joe will walk past the spill eight times, never lift a finger to help clean it. That sounds like a fun husband to have. Yikes. Do, oh, she says, do you really want to see your man on the floor with a bucket of sudsy water? Um, yeah, Melissa, there's literally that book, what is it called? Porn for women, where it's really just men helping around the house and cleaning. So a lot of people, um, actually do find that sexy. More people bought that book, Porn for Women, I bet, than bought Love Italian Style. We should run the numbers on that. Um, according to her, couples where men do more feminine chores, like cleaning up spilled milk, for instance, have less sex. I don't know where she's getting this data from or what kind of clinical trials or studies that Melissa Gorga is running, but okay. Joe is the manly one, except when he dresses like Snooky on Halloween, dressed like Snooky on Halloween. Okay. 
I don't know that Joe is like, if we want to just go the um, stereotypical markers of being masculine and a man, he's like really into bochinche, gossip, talking garbage, getting involved in women's business, as Nene Leakes one accused, once accused Peter Thomas of, the artist formerly known as Cynthia Bailey's husband. Joe gets pulled over for his driving a few times a month. That's quite a bit. That's quite a bit. And that is not someone I would want driving my children around. Before Joe and Melissa met, Joe put $200,000 in an account for his future kids to go to college. Okay. So this doesn't make any sense to me because that's before they even met. Okay. So why couldn't he dip into that $200,000 when they couldn't even buy diapers? That seems like the time to dip into the old college fund and we cannot diaper our young, our newborn baby. That's, that's what it is. The other thing that gets on my nerves with that story too is like, okay, well like sell your Range Rover or, you know, it's like they just, people's obsession with appearing wealthy, which is why we love the show, right? Okay, Joe's net worth is currently listed as negative 1.5 million, or some sites listed as negative 2 million. And then I read that he's tried to sell their home to cover the debt many times. So Melissa's net worth, when I looked it up, also comes up as negative 1.5 million. And this is something that I've never knew, and you always find out like a medical thing about the housewives in these books. But as a kid, Melissa had open heart surgery. Her family didn't have health insurance, so she went to a hospital that didn't turn anyone away and um, got this surgery. And she said that her mom had it, had them cut through her back for this surgery so that she wouldn't scar on her chest. Can you have open heart surgery through your back? I feel like no, but what do I, I'm not a doctor. All right, Joe, I don't feed babies, this is a quote from Joe, I don't feed babies or change diapers. My father never wiped an ass, and I don't wipe my baby's ass either. Okay, then. I mean, that sounds like a horrible, horrible father and partner and someone that you should never, ever, ever, ever have a child with. And this is another quote from Joe. My sons can have a separate entrance to the house. They can have anyone up to their room. I don't care. But then he goes on to say that, that's not um, the same policy that he has for his daughter, okay? Melissa says, if a wife is a putana, which is whore in Italian, her husband will never feel the urge to go outside the marriage to actual whores or strip clubs. Now, I'm counterpoint. Now, if everyone says Danielle Staub is a putana, but she does not have a steady husband. So, hmm, I don't know. Okay, Joe likes, oh God, this is another quote from Melissa. This is too much. Joe likes me soft and curvy, but tight and slim. If I expect him to get hard for me, I can get firm for him. I mean, what in software and Cinemax hell is going on here? This is, it's just, it's, I want to vomit. Okay. All right. <laughs> another quote from Melissa. Play hard to get, but not too hard. You don't want him to get pissed. Yike. I mean, I don't know what this marriage is killing me right now. Okay. The only thing they don't, oh, the only thing in their marriage that they don't, oh, the only thing they don't, God, let me try that again. Oh, I've been quarantined too long. Okay. The only thing they don't do in the bedroom is fake gorgasm. Yes, you didn't hear me incorrectly. Gorgasm. That is a word that they are trying to coin gorgasm. All right. So I did some research on their house, right? Because 
nothing's adding up to me with their money in their house. So I was like, let me look it up. So the address is eight, well, I guess, eight Pond, Montville, New Jersey. So I looked that up on Zillow once I found the address. So in 2007, they bought this home for $950,000, okay? It's on 2.5 acres. It's 9,500 square feet, six bedrooms, and six and a half bathrooms. So in 2012, they tried to sell it for $3.8 million. So that's for 07. So 2007, they bought it for 950000 Then 2007, 2012, listed it for $3.8 million. So from under a million to 3.8, that's quite the leap. Okay. No one bought it, believe it or not. At four, at, no one bought it at four times the value. Okay. So in 2017, they, re- they listed it again for $3.4 million. Again, no one bought it. Then in 2018, they relisted it again. Now at 3.2 million, no one bought it. And then on 2019, they listed it again for 2.9 million, but no one bought it. So it's currently off the market again. So I don't know if you guys remember, I was watching this old episode. What did I do? Oh, I was watching this old episode of New Jersey, and it was when Melissa said that she was going to be moving out of that home because that home was too close to Teresa back to, I believe, Franklin Lakes to, like, be away from Teresa. And and then, you know how they have, like, the Chiron at the end of the episode of, like, what everyone is up to now. And if I, I screen, oh, yeah, I screenshot it. Here it is. It says, okay. So I don't know. I have to figure out what season this is. Okay, it says, Melissa and Joe have sold their mansion for $3.8 million. So this must be in 2012. Their new home is a half hour away from Teresa, but they plan on having the entire family over for Sunday dinner sometime. Okay, so... That wasn't true. They had that guy that was renting it, the guy that worked in finance that was renting it, and then he was, like, doing, like, a rent-to-buy situation, but they got in a whole kerfuffle and, like, lawsuit with him. Oh, here we go. But the Gorgas recently sued their Montville tenant for non-payment of rent and failure to live up to a lease purchase agreement for the $3.9 million. A, wait, one second. Okay. A Morristown Superior Court judge sided with the reality stars and ordered the tenant to pay $30,000 or face eviction. And according to a recent episode of Real Houses in New Jersey, they're back in their home. Back to the sale of their Franklin Lakes home, pictures show a great room with a two-story ceiling and French doors. Oh, no, Ryan. Sorry. All right. So, I don't know. They're back in that house. I don't know. Like, whatever happened to the house they were going to build on that other land, who knows? Okay. Let's talk about Real Housewives. So, really quick. Beverly Hills. So basically, it seems as if um, the main drama kind of centers around Denise and Brandy hooking up and Brandy blabbing about it to Denise's husband. And apparently, Brandy thought they were an open marriage, but they're not. I don't know. I do not have high hopes for Beverly Hills. If anything, if it's good at all, I'll be excited because just, it just, and then they have Garcelle now. It just feels very just tired and boring and it just needs I feel like the whole cat it just needs a complete cast shake up okay New York I absolutely cannot wait I'm really excited about the um new girl they have coming on she seems like she's a really good fit and then I think Tinsley's gonna exit toward the middle and then um what's the other one oh Potomac I I don't know if I'm more excited for New York or Potomac they both look absolutely amazing and we are so lucky that all these are done and ready 
Because what if they were filming now? We might have to wait like a year and a half with production schedules. We'd have to wait a super long time for, to see our favorite shows. So, And I actually thought New Jersey was great this season. I really enjoyed it. I am going to miss Danielle's crazy ass. We need her back on there. I th- there's some people that just like need to be on TV in some capacity. And I feel that way about Danielle. And I feel that way about Leah Black as well. Like she's a star. I also feel that way about the Queen of Versailles. Amazing. Okay, now guys, Tiger King. Obviously, you all have seen this. This is amazing. I think I'm going to go jump back in for a rewatch. There's also just so much extra, just so much extra research to do. Like I looked up Big Cat Rescue on um, a site that basically rates charities to see like if you donate to this charity, you know, does what percentage of your money actually goes to the cause versus, you know, there are some where you'll donate $100 and like $2 will go to the cause and the rest, the 98 will go to, you know, pay the CEO or pay the staff or something else. So she has a really great rating on there. And then this photo circulating right now everywhere, I'm sure you guys have seen it, of Britney Spears in the I'm a Slave for You video, or I don't know if it's video, or at the, maybe at the VMAs. And Britney Spears is there holding the snake. And who is in the background, guys, with a tiger but Doc Antle? I mean, fascinating. I got an argument with some friends earlier today about who is the most evil person on the entire documentary. And they, one of my friends said she thinks Joe is, like, the hero or the best person on the documentary. And I... What is she talking about? She, he not only... Like, feeding tigers expired Walmart meat is horrendous. Feeding humans expired Walmart meat is on a complete other level. And getting people addicted to meth and tigers, I mean, which is more addictive, is insane. The way he treated those animals, the videos, the misogyny. The other thing I found really interesting in the documentary was in the beginning, they're kind of showing Joe Exotic like at his peak, right? When he's just... Love and life, being the best Joe Exotic that he can be, doing his best, right? But at that point, you know, then they don't show his his actual home where he lives. They just show the trailers of where his um, workers slash, you know, felons, ex-felons um, live. And then later on, they show his house. And he has, like, the shittiest, most disgusting home ever. And you would think someone that's such a big narcissist and so into themselves and apparently seemed to be like flush with cash at one point. They're talking about how he would buy all his all his husbands, his two husbands, guns and ATVs and all these great toys, all these great things. You would think that, oh, my God, if you guys hear all this noise in the background, it's the Barbie dream house. Next, <laughs> my son is playing with his Barbies, and they are getting in some kind of kerfuffle over there. I don't know. I mean, he was built for quarantine. He loves to play by himself in his room, so... God, thank God for that. Um, but anyway, so I would just think that Joe would have a better house, and his house looks looks absolutely disgusting. And the fact that he ran for president, I mean, there needs to be some kind of limits, guys, of, like, some basic test, something to run for president. Like, that, it's just, it's too much. What we got going on here in this country is way, way too much. All right, guys, thank you so much. Sorry for such a delay. I'm next up. I am going to do an episode on 90 Day Fiance. I live for baby girl Lisa and Usman. Everyone else on the show can just shut their camera, like just go away. And let's just 
stay in Nigeria with baby girl Lisa and Usman. Like, just every everything about them I love. It's fascinating. I, it's, I can't get enough. It's a trademark I can't get enough of. It's, like, my second favorite after... It's feeling like a Tiger King-shaped hole in my heart is what baby girl Lisa is doing. And at first, I'm like, oh, my God, baby girl Lisa is just... Like a Walmart version of Angela, which I can't even be say, saying there's like a worse version of Angela. And I don't know, like Angela is a star. Like she really is. She's a star. But there, I think I'm, I think I'm loving, I think I've switched teams. It's like NSYNC and Backstreet Boys, right? Like maybe Angela and Mike and Michael are Backstreet and then maybe Lisa and Usman, 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 Usman are NSYNC. Oh, another, let me just give you some stuff to watch, guys. Okay, so I went to the Madonna Inn before this whole quarantine started with my friend Clarissa. Thank God we got a trip in before the quarantine. Um, And the Madonna Inn was spectacular. But we watched, Lance Bass made a movie that you can just watch on YouTube about, um, God, what the fuck is his name? About boy bands and in Florida and Ron Perlman, Ron Perlman, the guy who, did all the boy bands. And I didn't realize that he did Backstreet Boys. He did or started um, NSYNC and then 98 Degrees. And 98 Degrees, I guess, was marketed to be more of the um, working class, (laughs) the working class um, boy band. I mean, I think that's really funny. I never thought of it like that, but that was the idea behind it. But it's really good. And there's also a 2020, and 2020 is on Hulu, all about him that is absolutely fascinating so I suggest that and then there there's um a podcast called over my dead body and season two of that podcast is all about Joe Exotic so I haven't listened to that yet but everyone says you have to do both you have to do the documentary and the podcast which I'm all in I'm ready to do it because they say the podcast gives a lot more details into um, the legalities of everything. Oh, and I'm not sure if this was mentioned in, in Tiger King, but in between the disappearing husband, Carol Baskin's disappearing husband and her current husband, oh my God, that picture of her current husband on a leash, like he's a tiger, is it's it's too good to be true. Um, but in between those two husbands, she dated this guy, and I'm in a Facebook group, and someone said that that guy she dated, his name is Jay something, Jay Baskell or something, Jason, he um, filed a restraining order against Carol Baskin because some things went south real quick, I guess, with them. And I guess like someone in one of my face, my reality Facebook groups, that's her husband's uncle. And he said Carol is absolutely bonkers, which I guess we need no confirmation on that. But there's another picture circulating with Britney Spears sitting next to someone who looks like a young Carol Baskin. And that is actually not her. So did some fact checking for you guys. All right, I'll see you guys next week with a little 90 Day Fiance. Bye-bye.